0: hey everybody we back again yeah look at you with your little cap i'm spencer of course we have our licensed clinical therapist nas
1: dr nas to you son of a bitch
0: i'm never saying that shit again (laughs) i said it too many times it's over it's like you got it all right (laughs) cat of course we have our guest for today she is a licensed clinical therapist as well her name's Vicky welcome to the show Vicky
2: thank you guys Ooh.
0: you say boo I said woo oh okay then you're booing and clapping I was like can you choose one ADHD how depend I must do both God, I already hate that fucking thing right now. Uh, And this is the Different Spectrums Podcast, where we talk about movies, shows, and mental health. (sighs) We also have some laughs, so don't take us too serious. Or do. Also, don't forget to run up those likes for us. We'd really appreciate it.
1: Give us a good thumb in.
0: right, so... Uh, today we're going to be talking about the show beef on Netflix um, It's all about road rage, anger, doing weird things with guns Very weird
1: things Yeah John
0: weird Click click um, So, Jesus Christ um, So we're going to be taking a look at two scenes today Um, The first one um, is where Amy, one of the main characters, is at couples therapy with her husband, and uh, she's just she's a she's a psychopath. She's just a liar. She's just a liar, and uh, gets away with it pretty well so far. You know, Mm -hmm. she's very successful in what she does and um yeah so they're gonna be talking about that we're gonna be talking about you know lying masking anger depression all the fun stuff all the great stuff right um and then we also have our second lead character danny um and the second scene is all about um danny's brother who gets catfished by amy um, and he ends up in her hotel room and he's talking about, uh, how his brother and his depression gets him depressed. And, um, yeah, it's just, it's a crazy show. It's just a crazy show. So if you haven't checked it out, I would, um, yeah. And if you are, have any anger issues, well, these are the people you should be looking at cause they got some problems. Yes. <laughs> they really do. Uh, so yeah, Nas. Nice. Anything before we get into the clip? Clip. You know,
1: never wanted to pee in someone's bathroom before on the floor and just walk away, but this show made it look fun.
0: That was a lot of pee, though. He really had to go. Yeah, I know. He really waited.
1: <laughs> like, he premeditated? Like, I don't know.
0: He probably did. Let's be honest. He probably did.
1: Yeah. Uh, so... <sighs> We'll focus on all the things that Spencer talked about. We're going to do a little bit more of the couple-y thing, couples therapy thing, talk about that, those dynamics, maybe go into the past and some things and talk about that. Uh, and then just overall depression, masking, and, and folks of color. But we can specifically talk about Asian populations that I have a lot of experience working with now, uh, so in international specifically. So I'm looking forward to getting to that. Let's get into the clip. Just check it out. I'm sorry, but you're getting, you're, getting, you're getting too, too commercials
0: whoa we're stepping up now
1: and and then a little surprise you're getting two more about 50 minutes in so you know
0: fuck you hey we need money so go fuck yourselves <laughs>
1: yeah, so you know we, we get the donations like we thought. so now you're getting spammed
0: uh,
3: donate so you don't have to watch commercials
1: yeah it's like wikipedia when they keep asking for money uh, i'm not giving you no money
0: I think I gave to him like one time, and I was like, "This is never happening again."
1: <laughs> you know, like I feel bad yeah. for them. Okay, uh, let's let's check it out.
0: Whoop, whoop, whoop,
1: Eventually, Victoria will say it. Whoop, Kim, are you frozen? Woop woop. There it woop. is.
0: Jesus Christ, sounds like a fucking owl.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
3: all right sounds like a rough night i mean we've had bad fights it's been a while definitely before june was born but i don't know i just i don't understand why she was so angry
4: no and like i said that was totally out of line
3: honestly i can't even enjoy anything vanilla since her comment
4: i'm sorry i've just been really stressed about the deal but it won't happen again. I found ways to manage my stress. What have you found works for you? Well, you know, I just uh, close my eyes and clear my head and focus on my breathing. Stupid yuppie yes, house. My mind wanders to some silly places sometimes, but it's okay. <laughs> the human brain, wow, right? That's
3: great, Amy. I've been telling her to meditate for years. I've sent her so many links.
4: And Thank you for the links, George. (laughs) George, have you noticed a change? I mean,
3: we've been doing better since the fight, but all those things she said can't be coming out of nowhere, right? I mean, gotta dig a little deeper,
0: right?
4: Now, Amy, when he says that, and you hear him saying that, what does that make you want to say? Cards on the table? I want to say he's right. You know, my dad held a lot in. Chinese guy from the Midwest. I mean, communication wasn't his forte. I would just bottle up everything inside until it just exploded out at once.
3: Ah, fuck!
4: My mom, she wasn't any better. She thought that talking about your feelings was the same thing as complaining. She told me that the first time she heard birds singing was when she came to America, because during the Vietnam War, they ate all the birds. Can you imagine what that does to a person? No birds. It's hard to admit, but I think that growing up with my parents taught me to repress all my feelings.
3: Breakthrough
4: moment, Ben. Amy, that's very self aware. Thank you. You know, when we're stressed, we revert to the pathways we created as children. Oh, yeah, I mean, it all comes down to parents, and I'm excited to dig into that. But acknowledging this is just the first step. In order to create new neural pathways, we have to uncover what lies underneath. Our awareness. Right. I think maybe subconsciously that's why I leave most of Junie's caretaking in George's hands. Maybe part of me is afraid that I'll create in Junie the same, uh, what was it you called it? Neural pathways that my parents did in me. But I don't want to live like that anymore. I don't want to live in fear. <laughs> I've been holding a lot in, but I'm not anymore. I know it's going to take a lot of work, but I really think this is the start of a new chapter for our family. What the fuck am I doing?
3: I'm really glad we did this. Me too. What do you say now?
4: Now I say that... It's not all about you.
3: You sound like my brother.
4: Your brother who you hate?
3: No, I didn't mean it like that. You're like the opposite. It's just, um, he works so hard for everyone but himself and I see how unhappy he is.
4: Why is he so unhappy?
3: I think he's depressed. <laughs> like, all right. Like, he, he regularly drives an hour and a half to what he thinks is the best Burger King just to eat four original chicken sandwiches alone. A long one? I, I guess. I just wish you'd leave me alone. I don't need the kind of energy around me, you know?
4: Yeah. It is selfish for broken people to spread their brokenness.
3: You know how in video games, like, when other people die, the game keeps going, but then when you die, it's game over? I think life's like that.
4: Deep. Fuck you. <laughs> alright, alright, alright. So then are you the main player? Or me?
3: I guess we'll find out someday.
4: <laughs> alright! I just do you know how to get back? Look, I hurt my ankle when you shoved me down the fucking hill. So Just help me get out of here, and I'll show you where the road is. I won't call the cops. Where's your gun? I don't know, I lost it.
2: How do I know you're not hiding it, huh? Because you're a pathological liar.
4: Because I would be shooting you with it, you moron! Hey, come back here!
2: No, use nice words!
4: You called me a liar. I am not helping you
2: unless you use nice words!
0: All right, and we are back again, and so is the cap. Great,
2: thank you. You the one with a, a little gangster lane. Dave, we got it.
0: Oh, God, I knocked that off your head. This is just
1: Pepe Le Pew.
0: Yeah, ah. yeah, ah. Pepe Le Pew wore a <laughs> I don't know feels is.
1: French. After I ate a crepe in Canada, I'm, I'm, I'm French.
2: Yeah. Oh. Wait, what kind
1: of crepe was it? Well, mine had brie in it, and then I forgot that I hated brie, so now I officially hate all things. Yeah, that face is how I felt.
2: You should have gotten Nutella and banana.
1: I know. I blew it. I'm a complete fucking idiot. Everyone else's crepes were awesome, and mine had brie and eggs. It was literally—don't even get me started on the tomato— in the what? carrot soup, the carrot what? pureed soup. What? What? I'm done oh with gosh. all French things. I will never appropriate French culture, except for that.
2: Next time, I go to Gorgeous Restaurant, it's like five star, you know, it's like little tiny dishes of food, but it's like really gourmet. I
0: already hate it. Yeah.
2: yeah.
0: Hey, do you want to pay more money for less?
1: Sure. Sure do. Who came up with this? <laughs>
0: A moron. Actually, you know what? The smartest man alive, because people do it. Yeah.
2: Hey, it's a lifetime experience.
0: All right. Sure as hell we're right. no Mexican. All right. Hey, hey, we have a show. Let's do this. Okay. Let's do the um, show. So after all that interrupting about crepes and French people, love it. Um we just watched two clips on the show Beef, believe it or not. I love beef. Um, so all right. First clip that we got into. Um so a little bit of background actually about the show it's about two people who get into a um, a disagreement we'll say a road rage incident um, between Danny and Amy and it just escalates from there it goes from her you know ruining his business leaving bad reviews on his uh, website or in his Yelp um, <laughs> which then he lo- like loses all his customers um, and to him just pissing in her in her bathroom. Power I, move. Yeah. Power. It's like this is mine now. <laughs> all mine. Um yeah, and then you know, they both kind of do like their weird stalking of each other. Um could have ended relatively soon, but they just keep it on going. Keep it on going, because they have anchor problems. Yeah. Well. Amy especially, uh, we see that she likes to lie, really likes to lie, likes to put on that mask of hers, um, and uh act like everything is okay, like everything is fine. Um, but inside there's just like it's like the eye of Sauron, it's just death and destruction. Yes. Yeah, Lord of Rings reference Lord of the Rings. Fucking nerd. <laughs> Yeah, those... motherfucker. Look at your fucking background. You have so many plushes on the floor. I know they're right there. They're not. They are not. No, they're not. Hand down the camera right over there. Let's see it. Ex- oh my God! You have a basket. Jesus. Look at that Pokemon Yoshi and a a Wario. The,
1: the other side's Wario. just
0: only the biggest nerds have Wario. Mm-hmm. Just so you know.
1: The other side's yeah. just toys
0: kind of Oh. Let's just say they might go in my rectum. (laughs) Or Euretha, whatever.
1: Euretha.
0: Jesus. Ow, that hurts. (laughs) Anyways, back to the scene. (laughs) Um, so we see Amy. She's in couple therapy with her husband. Um yeah sponsored by ghost energy drinks um they don't pay us anything so thanks a yeah. lot
1: why make us take this video
0: down. i know they're like don't ever show our product again yeah. um <laughs> all right so they're in couples therapy um mainly because uh, um amy likes to play with guns not in a shoot him way but in a way. In a what
2: way? Rub, rub them,
0: rub. Sure, she's doing rubbing all right.
1: It's like a good dry rub on a, on, a, on some ribs.
0: I ain't dry. That's sure. <laughs> I hope it's not. <laughs> um, but anyways, and the husband finds out. He even changes the vault code for the gun, and she sneaks around and finds out what it is that's that's pretty determined right there Mm -hmm. um but yeah and so they kind of have a talk about you know sex and how he's very vanilla while she likes you know the she likes to you know get a little spicy get a little spicy
2: no one likes vanilla Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) jesus christ are we gonna have this conversation what do y'all like to do in the bedroom no we're not doing that right now um so let me finish this all i like right, to be let's kicked finish in the this face and we'll get into it all right let me <laughs> just sh- so they're having a talk she's very um she is very um kind of going along with whatever the therapist says and says that she's going to do whatever she needs to do when really she's not um Putting, Like I said, putting on that mask and making sure that she doesn't get any type of, uh, I guess, resistance from the therapist. And so um, we see that a lot with her, is that she kind of just plays the role of everything's fine, everything's okay, just to kind of keep things going in a good direction. Um, It's interesting because, you know, some people, they would just come out and say, like, yeah, I don't believe in this therapy thing. I don't think it works, yada, yada, yada. Um, but instead, she really um, shows that she's just is trying to do it for the wrong reasons. She's not trying to get better. She's mainly just trying to uh, play the game. You know, yeah, just get through it and act like everything's fine when she's not really doing any type of uh, work to kind of make herself better in any way. Um, as we see later on, she catfishes Danny's brother, um, into like getting to know more about him or use it against him, I guess. Be like, yeah, fucked your brother. Ah, in your face. (laughs) (laughs) Boom. Um, but yeah, so let's talk about the scene. What did y'all think about it or what stuck out for you in the scene? Being therapists and all.
1: Vic, it's you first.
2: Okay. Um as a therapist, um, first thing for me when I watched the scene was like looking at her body language, facial expressions, like everything felt forced. It felt like she was saying what she thought the therapist wanted to hear. Mm. Um and I was just like, this is not how therapy, couples therapy should go at yeah. all. Um body language, she's like facing the the therapist and not like towards her partner. Um, The fake smiles, you know, the the cheesing and saying things that she'd feel would be accepting or uh, rewarding by the therapist. Kind of like put on this whole facade, like I'm just gonna stay and sit here pretty and do what I need to do um, just to kind of bullshit and get my way through the session and make sure that, you know, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm doing everything I'm supposed to do, but really in reality, she's not, you know. Um, later on she's got the the title of pathological liar. So she she knows her way around. She's been around people her whole, whole her whole life to know what to say, what not to say, how to kind of work her way out of a certain situations. So um, you know, just pleasing the therapist at that point and her her partner. Um just to you know, to keep the peace temporarily until shit continues to escalate. Um, as a therapist, I thought it was interesting that she brought up her parents, which a lot of people will say, oh, "I'm really fucked up the way I am because of my parents." And she's one of those people who did that. Like she's blaming her parents, she's blaming her culture, her ethnicity. Well, when I grew up, you know, my Chinese father was very withholding of emotion, this and that. So instead of her saying. I think I am this way because of that. She was kind of, you know, um, displacing the blame. Like, well, I am the way I am because of my parents. And it's like, yeah, we all have trauma with our parents of some sort, but we can't say this is why I act the way I act now because of my upbringing. It's like, what are we doing now? What, what work have you done since then to kind of change these behaviors? So, um, I thought that was, pretty important. um, Something that kind of stood out to me. It's like, yeah, I hear this all the time. My parents, my parents, my parents, 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 but you are an adult. So what are we doing now to kind of change that forefront and move forward instead of saying, well, I am the way I am because of my parents. But, you know, you're not the same person a month ago or a year ago, and we can't blame our parents for that. So you know, that's kind of what I took away from that, and was just like, okay, this lady is uh, she's definitely a definitely pathological liar, and she's doing whatever she needs to do, basically to survive and keep what she has going forward. So that's what I thought in a nutshell.
1: Yeah, she's good at she's good at hustling. She's been hustling her whole life. I think. Sorry, I gotta sneeze. And it's nope. All right, I think it's good. Um, me and Spence were watching it and they kept doing them flashbacks and then you know you see some really messed up scenes some of the scenes where she was doing really risky sexual behaviors some really risky stuff just in general like stealing stuff I mean she's doing a lot of risky things and you're wondering Mm -hmm. what's going on Uh, is it the depression that's causing these things is it because she wants the love and attention or affirmation from the parents is it because she's trying to feel something because she feels nothing because the depression because of the trauma, and so she needs to have these big experiences, dramatic experiences, hence the masturbation with the uh, pistol. Um, the right, it can't be vanilla. There needs to be some danger, some toxicity to it. Uh, you know, I think I remember I was talking to Spencer, and I was like kind of like Team Danny for a while there, and then when he Betrayed his brother and didn't turn in his college applications. That's I could that was unforgivable to me there. You destroyed mm-hmm. and you hurt your family.
0: Yeah.
1: You hurt your family. I mean, I'm okay with hurting your family a little bit, but like you can't hurt their trajectory to getting a better life. Uh mm-hmm. you miserable son of a oh, I was so fucking mad when I saw that. Right. Uh, it almost made me want to like turn it off. Cause
3: I, I ugh
1: gross. Um yeah. and so you see, Danny is this person that's always holding people back and then blaming people. He's doing things for people, but then he doesn't get the affirmations and then he hates them. They're both personality disorder. Mm-hmm. There's both issues with their parents and their life and their upbringing. They both have personality disorders, borderline, narcissistic, histrionic, right? There's some tons of trauma in there. There's some avoidant disorder shit in there. Um, a lack of empathy. Uh, you end up feeling sorry for both of them
2: codependency the what's up codependency
1: codependency yep definitely I, just, I think I just end up feeling sorry for her because I seen all the horrible things that she was doing to herself her mind her body and then you see her in this therapy session she's putting on a hell of a show boy And she says she fakes it all the time she said I made all this money I don't even fucking like plants but she selling plants uh, and she just She's so beautiful And she just smiles And there's some pretty racist shit that gets said to her And she just eats it She takes oh, yeah. so much shit From that weight lady uh, From everyone She takes shit from everyone mm-hmm. um, I'm like she's actually kind of a badass And she's also extremely fucked up at the same time uh, As long as she would work on her stuff And start doing a little bit better She'd be a, a solid human um, she's just so afraid that if she shows people the real her, they're going to run away because they'll find out she's a piece of shit. Yeah. Hence her masking. So she finds this dude. So this is what stuck out to me. Mm-hmm. She finds this dude that's like a legit, awesome, kind, innocent, we all know, everyone even listening, you might be the person. There's like some people, you're like, they're too good for this earth. They're like, this is a fucking awesome, innocent, just, it's like, fuck, we need to protect you and her husband is one of those folks he's just very kind, awesome, naive, vanilla dude. And because of that, she thinks that she can become better and get, rub some of that goodness off on her. It made her feel better about herself and so she latches on. She wasn't unnecessarily in love with him, but she was in love with like who he was and how that could maybe make her a better person and provide a better life. Also Spence said, you know, he had some money. Mm -hmm. Uh, so that's what stuck out to me is her willingness to want to stick into this relationship, even though she's not fully like in it. And then towards the end, she tries to come out with some shit and admit finally everything, and he's like, "No, I'm done with you." you Vicky had me watch a movie. Uh, we're gonna get to this and next week, unprisoned, unprisoned. Uh, Uh. and this, this scene where he goes, you're a good person. You deserve a good person. But until you handle your fucking shit, then no one who's good will accept you. No one you. No one will ever put up with your shit. Like her. She has to clean up a lot of stuff. Then maybe she could be suitable for a good relationship. Will she do that? Who knows? I feel like those two are going to end up killing each other. As my boss would say, that's a match made in hell two borderline-y, two kind of narcissistic individuals together. thats domestic violence written all over it. Uh, so I'm going to pass to Spence now to see what stuck out to him. But I can't wait mm. to talk about some couples therapy stuff. So, some interesting cases. And then relate this back to neurodivergent stuff.
0: So, before we get into it, like, Vicki, what would you say, like, what are your thoughts on the husband as a whole?
2: Um, very soft nature. Um, okay. He brought up like the the whole conflict with the the guy who came into their home and urinated on the wall, hmm. prompting him to go to their to the guy's residence was her saying, um, something about his ethnicity. Like, oh, he said something about him being Korean. Yeah. And then hmm. the husband, oh, like now he's like got his chest bumped out. Like, oh, now we got to go fuck this guy up. Mm -hmm. Um, to me, to come off as like a protector Um, and and in a relationship, you see the dynamic and the exchange of power, like she's the more dominant person and she has to kind of, you know, boost him up a little bit to say, hey, this is your role. You should be doing this, sir. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as, as a woman, myself, it's like you shouldn't have to do that in a relationship. But also, you know, Women can have masculine traits, just like men can have feminine traits. Mm-hmm. But I actually thought the husband didn't do enough. Like understood his position, like he was a stay-at-home dad and he was great at that. But she was expecting a little bit more, um, a little bit more. Like, hey, this happened to me and you weren't here. Now I expect me to react differently. I'm expecting you to have an action plan. And he was just kind of like, oh, what's the what's the problem? What's the point? And she's like, What? I would have had the same reaction, like, this is your reaction? You're not going to do anything? So, in a nutshell, to answer your question, the husband was. But at the
0: same time, it's like she got into that relationship knowing exactly who he is. Like, he's a trust fund baby, pretty much. Um, You know, hasn't really worked a day in his life, I bet. And, you know, had everything kind of handed to him. And now he just makes, like, this weird art. Um that she does not like at all. Um, and instead of her being honest with that and being like, dude, like what the fuck is this? You know, and maybe having like an honest conversation, she kind of goes along with it and then finds out later, you know, when she's finally honest at the end. And he's like, Why would I keep why would I keep up with your shit now? Like, first of all, I'm a nice rich dude. I don't need to I don't need to be around with somebody who's, you know, just trying to bring me down or at least just thinks like I need to hear something. You know. Um, but yeah, totally I, I get where you're coming from. But you know, at the same time, she also knew who he was
2: when they met. It's right he nurturing too. Um we you saw a lot of nurturing from him.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And wow. I really like that because the daughter needed that, especially mm-hmm. since she worked all the time it's like she needs to get some of that from somewhere mm-hmm. and she kept saying like I see you know you're good she kept saying the husband's good because <laughs> uh, she didn't have that upbringing she didn't mm-hmm. have that she felt like a burden to her parents so she felt like okay he he's kind of like the central point of my life and he is good therefore you know if I just keep this guy around you know good would happen mm-hmm. on my own and being alone so I, I will give him that he was, you know, very nurturing in the relationship towards her and towards the daughter. Right. And discredit stay-at-home fathers. You know, uh, being a parent in general is a lot of work. So mm-hmm. we'll go see you guys and do it? Um, but yeah, I, I can definitely see like how she was kind of frustrated. Like this total stranger came in our home and he did this, and this is your reaction. Like you're just okay with it, not gonna do anything. But also seeing the other point of view, like, do we need to be aggressive? Do we need to be this and that and retaliate? And she's mm-hmm. like,
1: yeah. She also mm-hmm. didn't like his art. And to yeah. quote unquote, his art, someone said that his art looked like poop with herpes on it.
2: That is true.
1: They just say that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, backtracking. So she didn't really respect his art. She really didn't respect like his his uh, his, his profession. Uh, she sure as hell didn't like all the chairs. Um, yeah. the interesting thing though, is you brought up how he was a good caretaker. So because he was a good caretaker, and this is something very nuanced, you'll see in relationships that made her even more insecure about herself. And thus that made her hate him even more mm-hmm. because he was so good and she was not the best at it and didn't have the best emotion or connection or to speak. She probably wasn't the best at soothing the baby. There's many different intricacies in this. And she loves him for it, but also it makes her insecure, makes her vulnerable, makes her hurt, and thus she's kind of resentful and jealous, and it leads her to lash out, leads her to seek and maybe want others. Because when you go home, now you feel bad because your kid, you know, can't really communicate with you. Your kid wants to go to dad. Uh, That can be a very hurtful thing when you're, I don't know because I'm not a woman, uh, but I would assume, right, it's supposed to be, you know, women are supposed to be the babies attached to you, mama's girl and all that. And then the roles they're are supposed reversed. it's supposed to be the nurturers, right? That's supposed to they're be all Hunters year. and
0: gatherers. Women roles on other times. So so women are supposed to be the gatherers.
2: Brother. The younger brother, she was nurturing him. She she's was wanted. Like, okay, I'm I'm fulfilling my purpose as a woman. Um I didn't think of that that way until towards the end of the season I was like, okay, like, she's definitely trying to like one up her husband like oh well she wants him for this or that and she's like honey i can help you with that and, he, and she's like no i'll ask daddy and it was like such a punch to the soul <laughs> It's like i brought you in this world and you want him like
0: yep i brought you true.
2: into this world
0: Oh, sorry. I just I find it so interesting, just like the dynamic between men and women and how like even though she is making a lot of money, she's doing very successful business. She's just still so unhappy. And no matter what, like she can't just be happy with what she has. She always has to want more and more like she can't just be happy that, you know, maybe she doesn't have that emotional connection with her daughter as well as, you know, as her husband, even though the daughter loves her mom and everything. Um, I don't think she has that connection at all. I I think the mother doesn't, Amy, um, she just doesn't feel that love, right, that the father can give and that he feels. Um, And so she's always trying to kind of gain that back and try to act like, oh, oh, I don't want to lose my daughter and everything like that. But then at the end of the day, it's like, what are you really losing? Kind of, you know maybe you just feel like you're losing something because society says you're losing something but i don't i don't think she feels that connection even if she did lose um her daughter she does in the end
1: she wants to feel the connection and she wants the connection but there's something missing in her that's been gone for a long time and and nothing can really fill that void until she Mm -hmm. starts to get treatment on her issues in the past or traumas right Because filling it with money or materials or sex or drugs will never fill it.
0: No. Well, and that's the thing, though, is that, like we said, she's narcissistic. So how is she going to get help when she doesn't really see that anything's wrong? And I understand at the end, she kind of, they both kind of do in a way. Because they're like, oh, we're one of the same.
1: Yeah, because they both get to unmask with each other.
0: Yeah, which is interesting. Because then, you know. I guess, you know, passion's passion. If you hate somebody, you can turn that into love.
1: Yeah, the biggest thing is kind of how what we talk about being an autistic podcast mm-hmm. is when you finally let someone see you and you finally let them see all your vulnerabilities, ADHD, you know, OCD, tics, mm-hmm. all the shit, all the dyslexia, right, all the handicaps. Mm-hmm. And then they still accept you for all your craziness and shit. And then you're like, oh, shit, it, 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 it provides something this Mm -hmm. ultimate comfortability and she finds it with this asshole that she thought she hated Mm -hmm. and there's also transference in it because she hates him because she you know they remind each other of themselves Mm -hmm. uh and i knew they were going to get together right in the beginning of this shit i'm like they're going to end up hooking up these two angry sons of guns uh and they're both attractive i'm like Two attractive people in the show. I'm like, yeah, hey, someone's fucking. Wait a minute, like I don't think this is. Danny, you don't think Danny's attractive?
2: No,
1: he's a fine
0: looking
2: man. Like on a, another level, like emotional, <laughs> yes. Physical, no, definitely
0: not. Don't be no. racist, Nikki. Okay. Don't be racist. All right. <laughs> oh. Don't you hate on Asian people or Asian brothers?
1: Do you think that the brother's attractive? I know it's a yes
2: it is he has a better body
1: he's got a body
2: and his face looks nicer than the older brother so, that-, so that there's okay. some
1: stuff with that too with him being more more European looking more Anglo-Saxon more white adjacent that more Baller. people more people may feel like he's more attractive uh, and to be fair yeah. he is more symmetrical he is more de- hes he's got the aesthetics. And and actually, he's t- technically a nicer dude. He's kind of a, 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 a shithead, but he's like a decent person.
0: He's nice-ish.
1: Yeah, he, I don't know if he's nice. He's like he's a decent person.
0: He's not nice. He's, yeah, no, because as soon as Amy was just like, "Yeah, I ain't giving you no money," and he was like, "Well, fuck you, bitch!" Oh, that's I right. Damn. Yeah, he he was like <laughs> legit. He was just a little <laughs> They're they're all something But that's why I didn't really I don't really agree with her nurturing him The brother Amy nurturing the brother Because as soon Because as soon as she saw That the brother needed something from her That's when she flipped it And was like no I'm not giving you Any money you have to work for it You're the man or whatever so you have to work for it And he's just like Well I thought you know you wanted to take care of me And all this stuff (laughs) she didn't want to take care of him. She just wanted, you know, to feel, I guess, maybe power or maybe not. power. She wanted to feel powerless. She didn't want to feel powerful. She wanted to be powerless, I think. And that's what she wasn't getting from her husband. He wasn't, you know, trying to be dominating or anything. But, you know, and then also she's getting a lot of affirmations from the brother, you know, being like, wow, you're so hot. You're so beautiful. You're amazing. You're all this. Which I'm like, the husband ain't saying that shit? I feel like he is. I feel like he would say that.
2: I feel, I feel, feel like, like he would. I, Go ahead, Vic. He would to some extent, but it, it's different for her because it's coming from a different person. Mm. And, you know, the the boyfriend or the, the guy she's catfishing asking for help versus her husband being somewhat self-sufficient, like not needed to ask, like he, he could do things. Sometimes he would ask her, like, oh, I got to talk to her Amy about this repair that needs to be done in the house as the guy she's trying to get back at. Like, oh, and he was like, oh, no, I can help you with that. He's like, really? So I don't, it's just a weird dynamic. So, yeah, I, I thought that was great how she, you know, she was just like, I mean, personally, if a guy called me out my name, I probably would have said the same thing get the fuck out of my house. That's kind of disrespectful. You know, she's kind of, taking her, you know, putting herself on the limb and telling him to come over. And then he's like, hey, can I get some money? She's like, no, i worked
0: work hard I for mean, them. She doesn't really have the power. I mean, look, she did, in the end, she did fess up to and everything. But at the same time, bro, like, you're also cheating on your husband and then you've seen this dude and then he's like, let me get some money. Might as well just give him a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Just a little bit.
1: Yeah, it's, <laughs> uh, I see where you're coming from with that, but there's a lot of folks that come up tough. That when you ask them for something, they're like, I did it on my own, you can do it on your fucking
0: own. Let me tell you something. I've known Asian women, they do not like dudes that ask them for anything. They will give to you as a gift if they feel like it. Like They'll take care of you and all that. They'll make you feel like all that stuff. But if you ask for anything, especially, um, check. I know she's uh, Vietnamese, and so it's like they not mess with that at all. They're like, you're a dude. You're supposed to be making your own money and shit. Like, yeah, what are yeah. you talking about? Like, me giving you money. What? It's a little bit tighter boundaries.
1: Uh, and so that cool. might be a pretty good thing, because you got a lot of other folks that will just keep getting used and used and used and abused financially. Cool. Uh, a Funny story. I had yeah. a client, and they see me in therapy a while ago, and he said, Nas, you know, I was going to hit you up for some money. I said, you ain't getting shit out of me, brother. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. He said, I needed some bail money to get out of jail. I said, you got all these people you can talk to, and you, you think you're going to call me for bail money? I said, shit, your ass would have been rotten in there. <laughs> and damn, it's like that. I said, it's like that. There's boundaries to yeah. this. And even I said, even if I was your friend, even if I was, I'm not putting my money on you. I'm not mm-hmm. putting my money on you, kid. Yeah, no, 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 no. That's not how this works. Uh, I'm very frugal, very stingy with things. Um.
2: Wait, so take, you
1: bail me out? Oh, come on, man. That'd be tough. I'd be real tough. You ask me for some money now, I'm not gonna lie. I'd be real tough. I, I ain't even bail out dad. People know you, it's it's tough to get money out of me, man, because it's tough for me to gamble as well. I work so hard for this shit, I can't, I'm not, I'm not throwing it away.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and if you get yourself into some shit, you know, you got other people to talk to. And, like, if you did hit me up, I'd be like, so, if you gotta hit me up, there's some shady shit going on. (laughs) So, Vic, if I get a phone call from you talking about you need bail money, I'm gonna be like, oh, so that's how I know you fucked up. (laughs)
0: Fucking real good.
1: Yeah, that you can't call any of other friends or your family members, right? Even your little girls, you know, I know they got a little piggy bank somewhere in that house,
2: right?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Damn. Time to break over those piggy banks. Mom's gotta get out of jail.
2: (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> um, i couldn't believe that person asked me for some money and i know they were testing me but they were just seeing on how much do i actually love them mm-hmm. how much will i sacrifice for them in therapy it was kind of sweet and then also they're a good con artist so it was fun talking to them because they were a con artist and the end of that, the beginnings of that story had a lot more trauma than i would have ever thought of yeah, a lot a lot, of, a lot of deep trauma, a lot of emotional abuse, and then some uh, childhood uh, sexual abuse, which I did not see coming. Uh, so there's a lot of different things. Uh, but you'd be surprised on the boundaries that people try to push in therapy or try to push in relationships. We've all seen it where people, usually more of the women, giving, giving, giving. But you see a lot of dudes giving, 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 too, um, being yeah. used. When we look at this relationship,
3: mm-hmm.
1: We see him as the uh, the dim-witted, clueless boy, and her just running circles around him. So if we get back to her stoic face, her mask. Right, she's been hiding this depression for so long now. She's a trooper at it. I mean, that one scene was horrific where she had the one guy, older guy, come over, and then she's like crying. That was that was pretty traumatic. That sex scene. Um, She's been messed up for a long time, so she knows how to mask now. She's got some money now. She's got the life in the kitchen. And anytime one little thing goes wrong in this immaculate life, she like destabilizes and freaks out. So that's why I was saying that she had some borderline tendencies. Yes, the lying, manipulation, lack of self identity. Uh, there's a lot of toxic, risky behaviors that she does, but also just the emotional dysregulation up, down, mm. up, down. I love you. I hate you. Um, I feel like a lot of women of color have some of these issues um a lot of men of color too and we'll will show more like danny uh i think a pretty accurate portrayal of like men and like the fucked up shit that we do and she's a little bit more accurate portrayal of women and repressing and repressing both identities repress a shit ton though um, which leads to their massive depression and their loneliness. They're both just so fucking lonely. And the saddest thing is that all they do is want love. They want love from their brother, their partner, their child, their parents. Mm-hmm. Like she goes to see her parents, and they, they, they're they just very quiet and stoic. And we're not going to talk about that. I know your father cheated on me. Shut up. Mm-hmm. And he goes to his parents. He tries to buy him the house, and they keep trying to shit on him. Uh, and then he gets in the house, and it burns down. Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah, uh, that, was yeah that was just... that was. A kick in the stomach. I was like, you gotta be shitting me. Um, They're just so looking for love. And I have so many clients that I work with that are just looking for that love and nurturing. I was talking to him, and we're going to do a pod on it on Sunday on The the Man Called Auto. Um, And sometimes I'll just be sitting there looking at some of these clients, and I just want to fucking shake them like Bart Simpson. Or choke. You mean choke? Uh, no, uh,
0: it's a choke and a shake. It's a choke shake. What's shake.
1: Shake. the money fall out the pocket? I got the money. <laughs> all right, I'm done. Because <laughs> um, I'm like, how do you not see this? Did you not get loved enough? Did people not tell you enough affirmations? How do you not believe in yourself at all? And I'll throw some shit out there. And do you think this, this, or this? And they'll be like, that. And I said it the other day, and and they said that. And I was like, you agreed with that? And it just sucks to see sometimes. And so I felt the same thing when watching them and their trauma stories, and and they're just so desperate for love. Uh, i seen it with a human the other day that I'm uh, friends with. And the, the way they act around me and my father, uh, awesome, awesome, awesome human. But it's just, just, just want love. And so they're making sure that they do everything very particular, very certain to make sure that you see them in the very good light. Which is fine, but it's also to me a little tragic because I'm like, you don't have to try so hard, brother. You have my house, we're eating, we're having a good time, just relax, relax. Um, And so I feel like both of them try so fucking hard and that's what leads to their misery. They try so hard and yet they're so depressed. They're still He's still super poor, and he's kind of a dimwit. And then she's highly intelligent, charismatic, and gorgeous. But that hole just can't be filled. It's tragic. So, couples therapy. I work with some multiple couples, multiple therapies. I work with multiple partners just working on their shit with their partner. So they're seeing another therapist. I'm seeing one. It's a lot of interesting conversations that can happen. You know, as I was telling you, too, before we started the pot, I've had violence, people like getting threatened with knives, beaten, punched in the head, ran over, lots of yelling. I've had people call the police on each other, people being arrested, people in court, people getting divorced. Uh, it's always surprising with my uh, my Indian, Asian, or Arab couples it's just against kind of the tenets you get married it's kind of against the religion the culture societal norms to get divorced so when americans bring it up in therapy like, what the fuck do you know specifically if they see a white-bodied individual what do you know so then they'll see me another arab so working with arab and muslim clients they feel more comfortable they're like oh maybe you know the culture so you know like we can't do this and it takes me a long time to try to convince people like what are you going to do when you have kids you know, they're gonna see this, this violence, this anger, this hatred. Uh what are you gonna do? And then some of them that have kids, I'm like, what are we what are we gonna do now with the kids? They see the shit. I've had couples, uh specifically a black folk I was working with, they said we're gonna stay married until the kids are in college. Said, Fuck me. That's another 13 years. Mm-hmm.
2: Being miserable.
1: Thirteen I'm years. Happy. He said, I'm not doing it. I said, okay, so you're just going to be miserable. Yep. I said, there's no way you're going to be able to do it. There's no way. Uh, So we talked and we talked and we talked. It's funny whenever I get people in couples therapy because they've already seen someone else and then they come to me like I'm going to tell them something different. I'm like, what do you think I'm going to tell you different? Oh, just because I'm brown, I'm going to tell you, you you got it.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Pretty
1: much. I don't know what to do. Uh... I've I've felt so bad for some of these couples, though. For both parties. I'm pretty impartial. Because I see both people are suffering. Some are more than others. A couple therapy is a tough one. I've never had anyone like her, though. Where she's just sitting here smiling. I would have been so fucking sus in that therapy session. I'm like,
2: I would have called her on right away. Hey, I noticed that you're smiling a lot. And, you know, these sound like rehearsed. Comments. Let's talk everything more
1: about that. Everything sounds Bye. so perfect. Everything's so perfect. Why the fuck are you in my office?
2: Exactly. Yeah. Exactly.
1: And then we would talk about intimacy. We would end up having to talk about sex in the relationship and what was going on with that stuff. We would need to talk about affirmations and like, Spence or one of you was saying, and uh, I like, or does he say like, "I love you" and all that stuff, or do "You look gorgeous," like where the mm-hmm. his brother was. We need to talk about a lot of different things. Do you feel needed and wanted and comfortable? Uh, she would be so fun to work with in therapy.
2: Mm.
1: Oh, I love a good joust. I love a good... She would give me a headache. But she, would, sure. be, she would be fun to work with. Danny is easy to work with. Oh, that's super easy. Mm-hmm. I, I got a lot of men like him. Her? That con artist shit? You in for you went for a ride now? <laughs> Wait a <really? laughs> crazy bitch probably gonna kill me. <laughs> oh my god!
0: Uh, Is my uh, car gonna blow up when I get back into it? I think it <laughs> might. I'm gonna walk home.
1: Today. I'm gonna go. Uh, I need my fat ass. Need to walk
0: anyways. <laughs> you know what? We're just gonna walk. Let's go walk together. <laughs> you start for my car for me. Please, thank you.
2: You hear this <laughs> something, kicking. <laughs> you just start my car.
1: Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and let one of the kids and give a kid, hey kid, I'll give you $5 to start my car.
0: Even though we have a remote start. You're like, come on kid, just drive. True,
1: just drive. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this ain't creepy at all. There's candy in there too. Jesus, <laughs> <laughs> I'll take that back. Please do Therapy is wild. I want to look at these real quick. We talked about some of the parent stuff. We talked about some of the repression and masking. We didn't really talk about what the repression further causes is deeper and deeper depression, which will cause deeper and deeper emotional uh, breakdowns with all of your loved ones, all of your empathy, mm-hmm. with your partner, with your friends. It will cause more of the anger to come out because you don't have much left. Eventually, it'll lead into some suicidality, which we see Danny go into.
0: Which, by the way, he used, like, the worst type of, like, suicide I've ever seen in my life. Don't get me wrong. Don't kill yourself. But that was, like, the most terrible way. He put gas on. It was, like, he just put on, like, five grills and was like, this will kill me. He
2: wanted to die. He
0: wanted to die. He pretty much could have just went into a garage and done the same shit. But instead, he he put fucking grills on would really you say, Vic? You,
1: you think he didn't really want... I don't think he didn't really want to die either, but who knows?
0: I think he wanted to be stopped. That's what yeah. he, like, like, most people <laughs> that try to commit suicide, they want to be stopped. They want somebody to barge in, tell them, like, no, don't do it. We love you. All that stuff. That's what they want to do. Yes.
2: Well, here, I've been through it. There you go. But Me stopping someone and... Mm-hmm. My dad telling me if that person really wanted to do it; they would have done it. It's an act for attention.
3: Yeah,
2: I, that is true. Um, so, people that are watching this, if you've had any suicidal thoughts or anything like that, get some help. Like, don't don't put someone through that. Like, if you if you had thoughts like that, just go and seek help because it's it traumatizes a person or the persons around you that are trying to help you or stop you. Go and get help. Like, walk into the nearest hospital, community mental health that's near you, hotline, just get some help. Like, it's it's, it's it affects everyone. So um, those who are watching this, like, I really, if you're struggling with anything, just call for help or the nearest person that's near you, your support systems, reach out to those people because it's very important. But um people that go through that
1: for extra uh, of attention, like that's just not the way to do it. It's just not. Vic, so why would I, I'm going to play devil's advocate here and mess with you. Because this is what people will say. Why would I do that? Why would I burden others? Why, why would I want the embarrassment of letting people know that I'm suicidal? Why would I want that attention? Why would I want to make it real and speak it into existence? For the people that aren't doing it for attention, why would I want to tell someone and now my therapist or my cousin locks me up and I have to sit in a hospital for a week? Why I don't want that. It's embarrassing.
2: And I think people who do that without the real intent to actually harm themselves, that's like a cry for help. They're hurting. They need help. But maybe that's like the only way they can say, hey, this is I'm struggling here and I've been trying or. Nothing else is working, so therefore, this is kind of like my last resort. Mm -hmm. Um, But if if you're ever facing a situation with an individual who does that, it's like, don't don't bullshit around, like, call and get help right away. Um, Because obviously, they're doing it for a reason. They're doing it not to get attention, per se, but it's their way or means of communicating. Something's not right here. I'm not feeling right. I don't know what I'm doing, but maybe if I, you know, got the right bells and whistles there, something differently would happen than what's been going on before. So that's my understanding. For some Um,
1: folks, it's just too risky to let someone know.
2: Yeah.
1: For the people that are serious, that are in their thoughts, uh, and they see no other way out, clients that I've dealt with, with other friends, personal stories. Uh, with family stories, with my own story, there's no way out. All You've looked at all the deviations in the world and all the choices and paths that you can make, and you're fucked. Mm-hmm. So there's no easy way out. I can be done with it all. Don't have to tell nobody, and you know, I'll be good. I'll be good. Everyone else will be a little sad, but I'll be good. And so I, it's terrifying, because even when people will open up to me with the suicidal thoughts of clients, they're like, fuck, you about to put me in the hospital, aren't you? Yeah, brother, I, I, I have to now. This is why I didn't want to tell no one nothing. I said, yeah, you know, you was getting ready to jump from the parking garage, though, and I got you to come in the office. What did you think was going to happen? I was just going to okay, let that. you go. Uh, you know, its its it's been intense. I've had people that say they're going to hurt themselves because of breakups, this and that, and I knew some, Some you know when it's a con. Uh, most of the time, it's always been for real. Uh, a human came up to me at the beginning of this year. I was doing some tabling and handing out pamphlets and flyers for the counseling center. He said, hey, Nas, you remember me? Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't fucking remember this kid. And he said, I'm so-and-so. Oh, okay. How you doing, man? I'm doing good. He said, you don't remember me, do you? I said, I'm sorry, man. I meet a lot of kids. I was the parking garage kid. I said, oh, shit. I remember you now. He said, I want to let you know you saved my life. Uh, it's like, oh, shit, brother. Well, I'm glad you're doing good. I'm glad you're still here. I said, yeah, I got hospitalized, this and that, and then, you know, I'm good now. Uh, I need some medicines I'm going to talk to. It was intense. I've never had someone come back to me like that. That I wasn't working with. Because he ended up working with the hospital and other people. Um, Some people, man, it's the only way out. You'd be surprised. Uh, Sometimes it's for attention. Mostly everyone wants to tell people. They just don't know who to tell or how to tell. They don't want to admit it. Makes it too fucking real. So you just kind of eat it. Or maybe everyone that you think that you would tell would just fucking shit on you even more. Or some of the kids... They've been suicidal. Their parents won't let them get therapy or they'll make them see like a Christian therapist or like someone or like a friend that's not even a therapist, right? It's some weird stuff that happens with clients. And so now there's no other option. I tried to get help. I got shit on even more. So when we get into the suicidality stuff, get real sus. Mm -hmm. I know when I was suicidal, I ain't telling anyone. uh, You just kind of eat it and then you drink and you drink and you drink. And then you look at your best friend that's drinking and drinking. And you said, okay. And you realize that both of you are depressed as shit. And then you're surprised. I'm not going to mention any names, uh, but Vic would be surprised. And then you see like how suicidal they are. And you're like, fuck. Things get real interesting real quick. It's interesting when you tell clients me. You have blinders on it. You don't don't
2: think about friends. You don't think about family members. You don't think about kids. You're just in that moment. When you're adding alcohol and drugs on top of that, you're you're the in the right state, you can make any rash, irrational decision based on your feelings and emotions and things going on at that time. So it's it's really important. Like we look out for each other and you know, pay attention a little bit more than usual because sometimes those people that you think are okay or have the right know okay. that they're not okay.
1: They're not okay, and you think that they are, and someone should have known that Danny was fucking tripping a long time ago. Uh, but you never know, like people like me and Amy, we could put on a fucking show. Uh, and people like other family members, they can put on a show, and then they tell you, and you're like, fuck, how'd I not know? I've talked to partners, best friends. They I didn't even know they were depressed. I was like, Yeah, shit happens, man. Uh so there are some that are attention seeking and then want someone, everyone wants someone to see them. To help them, to support them. But sometimes we just can't find the fucking way to get it. Or we did try to get it and it went sideways. God, you should see some of my international Asian students and Indian students, Arab students. When they're getting ready to fail out of school, you want to see someone fucking terrified? They're talking about deportation, the family shame, going back to a country that they might not have a good job in place. It's intense. Hold up, man. I can write some letters. I can get you out of half of this shit. The other half, I don't know, but this half, I got this half. They're like, mm-hmm. you can do that. I'm like, man, I'm writing this shit already. Uh, this is random. I got uh accommodation. Yeah, yeah I got a shout out from one of the vice provosts. That's like way up in the school at Purdue University. They said, your name was brought up multiple times, but specifically by one client that you kept them in school, and now they're graduating. We we as a committee wanted you to know this. I immediately, I responded to it immediately. They didn't give me the name. They immediately responded to it and sent it to my two bosses. I said, hashtag pay raise.
2: <laughs> oh,
1: my. got that money? So we talking, we talking that money now. Well, well, money tough.
2: <laughs> money
1: now? Yeah, see, you thought I was going to say something real nice and kind. No, I'm a piece of shit, too. I got
3: the cash. Yeah. <laughs> Mama, like.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, i just doing my job. I can hustle. And I'm not even saying that all the shit I be doing sometimes writing these things is all on the up and up. But I know what to say and how to write it to get the student out of shit.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then if you fuck it up again, oh, you know, that's on you. I can't save your ass twice. I can save you once. Mm. Uh, I got substitutes coming. me. I don't fail this class three times. Motherfucker, what I'm gonna do? That's three times. That's <laughs>
2: lot. Three times, you out.
1: <laughs> Not two. Um, so I digress. Uh, Suicidality is intense. I remember working with one couple a long time ago. And, uh, awesome, awesome. Both are awesome, awesome, awesome people. But when one of your partners is depressed clinically, it's going to impact everything. It's going to impact childcare, intimacy, all of it. Uh, and then especially if medication's not working, therapy's not working, you maybe you don't click with other therapists. I also think that they were neurodivergent. They did not agree with that. Pretty sure that she was. Um, there's a lot of stuff that could get complicated, man. And then it may lead to the divorce, especially when there's children involved. Couples therapy is a tough son of a bitch. I can work with one person and get them healthy. It's hard to work when there's two people and one of them is very unhealthy, needs individual therapy plus couples therapy. But sometimes it's not even a couple issue. It's that person's just depressed as shit. Mm. And this is what we were getting back to what Spencer was talking about and you talking about. She's fucked up. Yeah. So couples therapy ain't going to fix this. She's her own therapist.
2: I've had a client like that. Uh, about about two months ago, and his situation mirrored my ex situation, and I was like, "Dude, if you want your marriage to work, you need to get into individual therapy." I hear your wife saying couples therapy, but you personally, with you tell me that you used a razor blade yesterday. Like
1: that's intense.
2: You, yeah, this is individual therapy. You really should be in like you know partial. Or inpatient right now. He's like, "Well, I got to work," and I'm like, "I can't force you." Like, mm-hmm. right now, you're presenting fine, and you're not a uh, harm to yourself. But based on every the series of events that led you to coming here, and the amount of violence and verbal aggression, and the, and you know the relationship, I'm like, "Yeah, this is you're the problem. You're you know if you, you're the main person in the relationship that has the, the has issues the and individual therapy." before you guys can even touch couples therapy. But I said, hey, before you think about starting a new relationship, how about you go to individual therapy? Before you think about walking away from your marriage, how about you think about individual therapy? You have a lot of anger issues and things you need to process and work through before you can even walk into a room with your wife and tackle those things together. Yep. So, long story short, the guy went to Cancun with his wife or family. I don't think he's in therapy. Had to discharge them, but it's like, damn, dude. Like, I'm, I'm trying to tell, and I, I told myself from real life experience, like, I got personal on them, Like, look, I'm trying to help you out, sir. Like, come on, and still just not clicking. So, black,
1: black guy, white guy, brown guy, um,
2: European,
1: European. Um, excuse- okay, I was gonna European, say what. My boss was, my boss would say, or my clients would say, Yeah, white people shit. I ain't going to the therapy. I don't even believe in that shit.
2: <laughs> well, this person, uh, strong European descent, was um, so set in their ways and early age drinking. So I'm when that I-
0: strong European was he a Klansman? What are you talking about?
2: <laughs> like, it, a part of the culture. Like I was like, what age were you when you first started consuming alcohol? Twelve. I'm like, okay. So can we explain more? Tell me more about that. I oh, will. That's a part of family meals oh okay so that all right i'm not going to put down you became an alcoholic at 12 but maybe later in life that became more prominent mm. um sort of taking into consideration cultural factors and things like that and upbringing but most story short like I, he didn't do what he needed to do and yeah, it's a, a person in an integrated care that I work with it was like, I'm discharging him because he's not doing X, Y, Z. That's it. It is we what have it is. Hmm. See, some, people just,
1: right. some people just can't take the path. They don't want to do the path. It's hard work. Working he's on your shit fine. is hard work. So I ain't gonna lie. Who wants to do that shit? Who wants but to do that? But he might be divorced.
2: i say a divorce in the future because he's not willing to for it.
1: Anymore. Correct. But also that would be a road. You can kick that can later down and figure the shit out. Therapy's tough now and in the moment. Uh, So we've hit depression, repression, anger. Uh, Spence talked about some of the different dynamics of some of the folks that he knows that is Asian. Uh, I talked about some of the dynamics, some of the societal things. Therapy is really not a thing in in many other places, international places. Mental health is not really a thing. Medication is definitely not a thing. Leads to a lot of repression, a lot of stoicism. So now we're going to go into some neurodivergent stuff. Uh, You may see yourself like Amy in the therapy session where maybe you're looking very stoic or very reserved or you're putting on an act because this is what you think that the therapist wants you to do. Um, If neurodivergency can therapy, just be straight up and honest. Uh, You don't have to mask or put on the show. Um, You can ask for permission or consent to act certain ways or talk certain ways if you need to. Uh, Like in my office, I don't care what you do or what you look like what's going on like today in therapy a client i apologize for being stoic she said oh no it's fine i said yeah i apologize for looking away and like not having any facial expression because i was thinking about what you just said and how i can work on this she said oh no i don't mind at all when you're darting around and stuff like that she's like obviously i dart around all the time too i don't make eye contact i said "Ah, i just want to be respectful now uh because i know i wasn't changing my facial expressions to what she was saying because i was paying attention but my mind was somewhere else, and thus I wasn't putting on the show, the therapeutic show. Um, mm-hmm. So be mindful uh, and make sure that your therapist is cued in on some things if you do work with them. Um, let them know your thoughts, feelings, emotions, behaviors, <sighs> any physical or body pains that are going on, uh, what you're being triggered with with your partner, where are the arguments starting, how do you flirt, what makes you attracted to them physically, emotionally, sexually? What's your type of intimacy? You got to go into specifics and all of those different things when you're doing individuals, when you're working on couples issues.
2: Love languages.
1: All, all of it, right? You know, like my one client, I said, well, how do you? Well, you know, he turned me down the other night. I said, did he even know that you were horny? He said, yeah. I said, well, how do you let him know? You know, I, I kind of just walk, he's in his computer, and I just kind of like brush his hair Love a little bit.
0: Dick on the fucking keyboard.
1: Oh, Jesus. What? <laughs> yeah, no, she's like, I just kind of brush his hair, and then I just kind of, you know, pet his hair, and then I walk away. I said, What the fuck is he, a dog? Boy. Uh,
2: right. I
3: was
1: like, I was like <laughs> how, does, how does he know that you're ready to do stuff? He's like, Well, he should just know. I'm like, No, no
2: he does not, not know.
1: Fucking hate that shit so
2: grab him by
0: the ball. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I, hey, it might work.
1: <laughs> I told her, right? They worked on it and they talked about it. And now there's a little bit more communication and like intimacy engagements, a little bit better started now. Uh, she's like, I can tell when he's turned on. I was like, Yeah, does he come pet you? She's
0: like, <laughs> She was a like, little Fuck bit, you. Uh, Not. It's not as hard as an indicator as you think.
1: Come yes. Pet you. Um, so it was it's pretty growing. funny. Things changed a lot moving forward with that. I've also worked with other partners and they're like, we're not having any sex. Well, I'm like, okay. Uh, well, this is done. well, <laughs> oh, no, then the one person we start talking about, I'm like, what are they doing as a partner? And then I'm like, okay, so your husband is clinically fucking depressed and there's no way he's touching you. Because three of the most important people in their life just died. And they need to go do therapy on that shit. That makes sense. Yes. I
0: know that makes sense. Oh, never thought of that. Yeah. He's sad. So his thing doesn't work. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like,
1: this is not you. Well, I feel like he's not attracted to me. That's because he's sad.
2: Yeah. He's sad.
1: He's just a sad. Um, It's so complicated, uh, these marriages and long term relationships. All right. Let's move on to the second scene. Yes. Because we can still tie up some of these other things.
0: Yes. So, second scene all about Danny's brother and Amy finally talking, even though he finds out that he was being catfished. By her and he doesn't care he's like well she's actually fine and i thought she was <laughs> win-win um and so yeah so they just have a talk he's talking about his brother um i think that especially for danny's brother since he is the older brother and he sees that he, the older brother is struggling think there's just like a thing maybe in asian families asian culture where it's just like you know you're the oldest brother you're you're the one that's supposed to be succeeding you're the one that's supposed to be leading um setting a good example of what to do and what not to do um and then with danny um so a little bit of a backstory on him is that um, his parents owned a hotel motel whatever um and um It got shut down because um, Danny was bringing in, like, stolen goods. And so ruined the business. Business went down the shitter. Um, And, you know, brought a lot of shame on his family and things like that. So now it's just looking like, you know, once, especially once, like, a little brother senses, like, you know, that the older brother got a little weakness in him. That's when it's just like, I don't fuck with you anymore. I don't wanna I don't want anything to do with you. Um, and it feels like since we saw a little bit of flashback of when you know Danny's brother wanted to go to college and everything, and he was like, Man, I'm doing my own thing. Let me do my own thing. Uh, and he's just like, No, man, you gotta help me out. You gotta help business and everything like that. Um, and he just brought him down with him. Um, so Uh, we see a real concern, especially with, you know, Danny's brother is not really trying to help Danny at all. He's mainly just being like, I just want to get the fuck away from him. I don't want to be near him. I respect it. I can respect it. Um, especially for, you know, what we kind of see at the end where, you know, like Nas said that, you know, Danny got rid of all of his letters to colleges and he could have had a better life. Um... But, uh, yeah, so what do y'all think of the scene?
2: I thought it was interesting um, how she was kind of saying, like, broken people spread their brokenness.
0: Yeah, and she's broken.
2: Yeah, it kind of goes along with that theme of hurt people hurt people. If you guys heard that before? We talked um, about
1: it during a Harry Potter podcast. Did we?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so for me, As uh, Danny's brother was explaining to Amy, like, I don't like being around my brother. He's severely depressed and blah, blah, blah. Basically, he was describing her, in a sense. And she was kind of relaying to him, like, well, you know, broken people, you know, they, they don't intentionally do it, but that's what happens. They spread it to other people unintentionally. And that was really powerful, because in a sense, like, Danny's brother was relating to his brother to her who she was essentially herself and to hear that from like a third person like damn he's describing me he's describing his brother but that's me they had to be really careful for her and eye-opening like hmm Mm -hmm. and then for her rebuttal to say well you know the whole brokenness incident you know it's just like she gets, like, she knows, like, I'm really fucked up. I'm really fucked up, but I'm just taking it day by day and, you know, trying to, you know, take it all to stride. But to hear from the younger brother, it was eye-opening, I think, for all of us, and even herself, and realizing, like, I am struggling and I am broken. and I am hurt. I am depressed. I'm all these things. And she's doing everything to keep herself afloat. But, you know... That I think that one night kind of like helped her um, relive like a part of her her younger childhood or childhood that she didn't have. Like she got to experience being a child, like in you know, her inner child. Like oh, I get to be carefree and I don't have to worry about making these big decisions. I can be free and have fun, and there was no commitment or any expectations. Like she didn't have to have sex with them. She could have, but she didn't. And she was just like, I felt I felt so alive. So I think she needed to hear that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just thought over overall in general, like that was just like really good. Um her acknowledging like not directly but indirectly, like broken people kind of spread their brokenness to other people. She knows what she's doing. She knows what what she's against. And she's trying to relate to Danny's brother, like, hey, yeah, I get it. Like, she,
1: I she's, she's saying yeah I, yeah she's saying yeah I get it but she's saying like he's fucked up for doing that and she's hiding from her shit so she's not owning up to it but she knows no. she knows what she's saying and she knows it's her and she knows that she's broken but she's she's only it's her internal monologue and she's like yeah how dare Danny do that it's fucked up uh, so she's only furthering the cycle of people not opening up about depression or or you know or hating people with depression uh, because she says that. And so the brother will then think that and it reaffirms that. And then he'll end up parroting that to others. So I'm glad you brought one thing, her bringing her being a big ass kid on the bed. So I, I remember I got, I had one kid two, three years ago. And so you, I like to be outdoors and this and that they're from California now they're in the boring ass Indiana so I want you to go outside and start walking, going on these hikes and climbing and all this and that. There's beautiful places to go here in Tennessee, not too far from here. Said so, you know the next time it rains, I want you to take your big happy ass and just jump in a puddle, just just jump in one of them big old puddles. Fast forward two years later, person comes into group therapy with me, and then Niles's fucking crazy ass told me to jump in a puddle in the rain. I Ah uh, man, fuck you, man.
0: <laughs> hey man, ruin your shoes. What? Yeah.
1: So taking new Jordans out there, I thought it was hilarious. I was trying to get this person and other people to be big, big kids again and experience like some good things and some joys, um, because life is so fucking serious. It's like the Joker. Why it's so
0: serious, Batman? (laughs) Um, fucking nerd. I know. This is the way. Glad you know it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Uh. I think that's just a very good point in the story. It shows that she does have some goodness in there. It's just hidden in, by all this fucking damage and masking. Uh, I don't have a lot of hope for her turning things around uh, in the show, in real life, maybe, but not in the show. Because if she did get better, then why? No one's going to watch the fucking show. Oh, they're two happy people that are in love. No one wants to watch yeah. the shit. Oh, wow. She's actually being polite. What a great show. She's being a good mom. Why? No moms want to watch that. Because it's going to make them feel bad about their momming. People want to see toxicity. They want to watch Shameless, when you're like, I'm glad that's not me. Yeah. <laughs> it
2: was crazy. I like
1: it. Yeah, because you're glad it's not you. Yeah. You're like, yeah. wow, these people
0: are fucked
1: up. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I'm, I'm I'm, fucked up, but I'm not, like,
0: that fucked up. It's like watching Dr. Phil. You're like, oh, I'm glad I'm not these people.
1: Yeah, it's but like I when you're
0: mattress fucking.
1: <laughs> it's like when you're watching uh, what's what's that guy Jerry
0: Springer? You're like, I'm glad I'm not I these motherfuckers. I'm not a methed out hillbilly with <laughs> eight kids. Man. You the daddy? <laughs> <laughs> I ain't the daddy.
1: I, Man, I, I'm, I, may, I may be that one daddy. That motherfucker look just like
0: he's mexican i'm white how does this work we're both white i don't understand
1: random pause i sent colin a snapchat today this is funny snapchat has a filter where you look old and it gives you like a beard yeah and so i literally look just like my fucking dad it's hilarious it was the funniest shit my dad was like what the it was quite funny uh but yes uh Good scene to tie in some of the depression, some of the repression, her big kidness that's inside that's been locked away. Um, I think a lot of Asian folk, international folk, black folk, Hispanic folk, we don't really let that come out. It's always that like professional or thuggish, perfectionistic. It's just a bunch of worries. Like the human I saw today is just nothing but shoulds. I should do this, I should do that, I should do this. And I said, well, I remember my, my therapist told me once, now you should all over yourself, and it stinks. <laughs> so now it's, it's stuck in my fucking head now. When I say should, I think about me pooping. It's one of my happiest times of the day. <laughs> Sorry. <Yeah>. Tear off. Like <laughs> just mushing around in my diaper sometimes.
0: Moving on. Um, uh, <laughs> I love how I can be like on my phone As you're talking and then I knew As soon as like I can just perk up My ears and be like it's time to move on like, Yeah uh,
1: uh, I don't even know what I was talking about But
0: exactly Exactly
1: Yeah, I was trying to get at the point of uh, BIPOC folk and Just hard for us to be kiddish And funny and weird like we are on this podcast Mm. you won't get this type of weirdness when you're around some of the other homies everyone puts on that fucking act uh and so i was glad that she got to do that sad that she's repressing everything but glad she got to do that uh diagnosis real quick uh as we talked about in the pre-production lots of trauma childhood trauma on both of their ends uh lots of shame lots of guilt lots of depression I wouldn't say it's PTSD because there's not a lot of flashbacks. There's like a few, but it's not physiological responses. I would say a, a trauma-based disorder. Um, I would say that they both have personality disorders, which are just coping mechanisms for the traumas that they faced. I would say that their parents probably went through even fucking worse traumas because from what her parents said, my God, there's no birds because right. they're eating all the fucking birds. Okay, so there's some real poverty there. Um so, right, it's just this generational. You're all fucked, and maybe you you unfuck or you less fuck your kids up, uh, and you just pray or you hope that you know they're less damaged, and you pray that they don't fucking hate you in twenty years. Uh, it's kind of a sad story for a lot of the generational trauma shit. Uh, treatment, as me and Vic have said, individualized therapy for her. Danny couples therapy afterwards would be the key. There's a lot of healing that needs to happen. A lot of trauma focused therapy in the past. She needs to change her behaviors. Then her thoughts will change. Then her beliefs will change her behaviors. First, him behaviors. First, stop acting like a piece of shit. Asshole. Then maybe you won't think that you're a piece of shit. And then maybe you'll accept love. (laughs) Neurodivergent stuff. And then I'll get you two to chime in. Uh, Remember, these are just good visuals and representations of couples therapy and people that are masking from depression and hiding from their emotions that are withholding everything that are putting on a facade. Um, So it's the same way like many of us act, except for this one is just putting on the show of it's fine. It's good. I'm fine. It's I'm I'm happy. Can't you tell? Um, So that's what the representation is. If you're looking at couples therapy, it kind of goes like what it was in the show. Uh, it's actually pretty accurate. Um, but there's a little bit more verbal jousting with the therapist or more questioning uh, that goes on. It's usually a little bit more talking. Everything was so nice in there. I'm like, what the? F-? It's, it's, it's not, I've never had couples therapy where they're that nice.
2: It's usually tense.
1: Usually tense as shit. I'm like, yeah. So how about them cowboys? I don't know what to say now.
0: No one watches football here. What are you talking about?
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. How about a new anime? Wow, yeah. yeah. I
2: don't
1: watch anime. Yeah, my one client the other day, How about a new dragon slayer? I'm like, you fucking nerd. Fucking <laughs> get out.
2: He's like, get out. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um This is why we want to do this is to talk about the depression and the sadness. Also, it's just a very toxic, engaging show. The anger is. There's a lot of good scenes about anger. Uh, if you see yourself fucking blown up like this, like a neurodivergent individual, we need to do some emotional regulation. So not even just therapy. We need to like regulate that shit. Get you to go from a 10 down to a 7. That way you're not hurting anyone else or yourself. Because a lot of folks are neurodivergent could be doing some self-harming. Um, which could be anything from, you know... Biting your fingernails, to punching yourself in the head, uh, to cutting yourself. There's a lot of different things it could lead into. It could be getting overstimulated, blacking out, and then hurting your partner, which I've seen happen. Um, So it seems like this are good to show that not all marriages are good. Actually, it's a lot of fucking work in most of the couples that we work with. There's always issues. So if there is issues, it's fine. It's normal. As long as you talk about this shit and you work on it. And if your partner's, if if he ain't bumping uglies anymore, there's probably a reason why.
0: No, I just just don't want to do it anymore. Yeah, it?
1: I don't want to do it anymore. It doesn't work anymore, Jennifer.
0: I can't make it go up. All right, <laughs> it just goes down, Jennifer. It just goes down.
1: <laughs> this is all you get.
0: A wet noodle.
1: Vic, Vic, okay. What are you thinking over there? You don't have to go on this topic. You can diverge.
2: As we get out. I didn't believe that issue before. And I don't know how. But uh, there were physiological issues going on, not pertaining to me. I don't have that issue. So. It happens. It happens. It's all it happens. in the mind.
1: You got to watch and, out on it.
2: If you got something going? Yeah. yeah, stuff.
0: This thing like a tsunami, motherfucker. What's wrong with you? <laughs> hey, ain't
2: nothing wrong with me. I'm good. I'm
1: good over here. <laughs> well, your man's over there just park. crying in the corner. I don't know what's wrong with me. <laughs> Why can't I do this to you? Why? Why? <laughs> There's that episode of New Girl where he has Ed. Uh and she she dresses like a fucking smurf.
0: A
2: smurf?
1: <laughs> she dresses all blue yeah, and a smurf. He's yeah. like this is doing it for me.
0: Uh, yeah, finally. <laughs> now we hit we hit the peak here.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I like this. Um <laughs> any final comments on the show on couples <laughs> therapy on anything, Vic? Nope. <laughs>
0: I don't know. I feel like me personally, if you get to the point where you need couples therapy, it's most likely just a done relationship and you're just trying to buy time. That's my personal opinion. Um, I'm not going to fully argue. because, either. No, I mean, like, if you need somebody else to get involved <laughs> in your relationship in order to see what you know each other wants, it's like, then you're not, you're, it's probably not ever going to be, in, like, you're not going to open up
1: it also might and be even too far gone. If you gone.
0: do, it's probably already too late because once you hit a certain point, like your personality changes and your thought process on that person changes completely. And so, you know, a lot of the times, once a relationship, like once someone in the relationship is done, like it's fucking done. Like, and I just don't think like couples therapy is going to help that. Um, so it's like, you know, Being open and having good communication is always like the key point. Like, they don't have any good communication in the show. Really don't. They have terrible communication until the end. And he's finally done. And I think she is too. Um, That relationship wasn't going to work out. She wasn't in love with him. Yep. Well, and I mean, like, their personalities are just so different. Hmm. Um, They think they're the same because she lies about who she is to mask or whatever, but she lies to him and, you know, he kind of lies to her too, um, just to kind of keep up with, you know, being a parent and everything. Um, but then that also makes, you know, the household, um, very, not traumatizing, but it's a very toxic, you know, environment to be in with a kid. And so at the end of the day, it's probably best that they got divorced and that he got, you know, the daughter because, Oh yeah. Like she was not like, like, no. She is dangerous as hell. Yes. Dangerous, dangerous. Um, Yeah. And, you know, the path that she was taking, even if um, she didn't meet Danny, it would have happened with someone else or yep. it would have happened, you know, some other way. And maybe it would have been worse, honestly, because could have been with somebody who's very racist, bigoted, mm. you know, could have done something terrible. Um, I agree. Yeah. That's just kind of my thought process, especially when it comes to, like, couples therapy. Um, I feel like if you need somebody else to intervene with something, um, it, it's a whole different topic if it's abusive. Um, yep. But I think if you're not having that communication and you need somebody else to step in to tell you, you know, what's going on, then I, I just don't think that relationship's going to last. Um, but, yeah, so... So
1: I'm a co-sign some of it. Okay. I think that it is very, very therapeutic and can help. But I'm gonna let it tell you something. Yeah. Most of the time, they don't ever ask for it until it's too late. So what the fuck yeah. am I? How am I gonna help? It's too. It's too late. The damage was done.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh. So is it? It would be much more effective if it happened earlier on. But right. it, it doesn't happen earlier on because you don't know what's bad until it's it's too late, and now you both kind of hate each other.
0: Right. Yeah. And so I, that's why I said, I agree together. with it's you. It's like, why are we even together? Why are we doing this? Like, yeah. What's the point?
1: I mean, out of most of the couple's things that I've dealt with and most of the bad relationships I've dealt yep. with in therapy, I'm like, I, it's time. Right. It's uh, it, 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 a. What'd you say?
2: Everyone's set in their ways at that point. They're fixated. They're not going to really change. They're like, I hear you, but I'm going to still do me anyway.
1: Also, there's just too much pain now. There's too much yeah. mistrust and distrust. There's too much that has happened. Uh, you would be most likely better off. And that's fine. If you get to a therapeutic point where we can have an amicable split, that's a win too. Where you can True. both go be happy with someone else and now you've learned the things that you need to learn for the next relationship. So mm-hmm. it might not even be a failure. It, this is a process. This is steps to this. Right. And now you know the, the next best steps with the next person. Uh yeah, uh, that's why I said I agree with Spence on some of this stuff, because most of the time by the time they come to me, I'm like,
0: fuck. Well, and then also you, you know, uh, you're. I just, I feel like once you do couples therapy, it's, um, like, you're not going to open up as much. Like, you don't know the full story of everything. You don't know every little detail. And who knows, like, if you're actually going to, you know, open up. Like we saw in the clip, she did not open up at yeah. all about the problems that she's having about the problems that she just doesn't like with her husband she just agrees to agree to agree yep. and what's happening there nothing is progressing nothing is moving forward everything's staying the same how can you tell me everything's okay like you said before how can you say everything's okay when you're in the office like why Correct. are we even here then? why are we here yeah
1: I, I and i the thing is most of the couples i work with it's one of them is always snitching out the other one. But I do remember one. Everything's fine. And he was like, "Nas, everything is not fucking fine. We literally just had an argument. And there'll be arguments while I was on a damn Zoom call. Jesus. I'm like, but everything's fine, huh, baby girl? Okay. <laughs> he just threw a dirty ass diaper at this motherfucker now. <laughs> I'm joking. Um, I've seen it. It's... That's what's sad about it. It's, it's, it's usually too late. Well, what was what that old Drake album? If you're reading this, it's too late.
2: Yeah. Yes. You know, great.
1: Individual therapy? I can work some magic with you. Couples therapy? It's probably too late. Yeah. It's a dumb... I should put that. That's like the worst fucking slogan if you wanted to go into private practice for couples therapy. If you sign it up for me, it's too late. Just give me your money, man. I just—I have the divorce certificate ready for you. <laughs> <laughs> I got a lawyer on standby. Yeah. We're gonna d- divide everything. Who? Who? Who getting the butt plug?
0: <laughs> All right. And with that, I figured. Um, yep, you know the deal. <laughs> and with that, that is the show, everybody. Uh, thank you, Vic, for coming on. Being our guest for today. Um, Talked a lot about depression, anger, masking, all that stuff. Autism. The tears. And what you like to do with your guns. Click, click. Um, So thank you, everybody, for joining us today. Uh, Hit that like, subscribe button down below. Share it. Go onto our website. We got merch. Um, buy some stuff. We got cool stuff on there, and we're gonna get more on pretty soon. Just gotta get those creative juices going. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, thanks everybody for joining. My name's Spencer. That's nice. This is a Different Spectrums podcast. Bye.
1: Much love, everyone. Peace. <laughs>